0: In uh, previous sessions, we talked about the God kind of faith. We talked about the just shall live by faith. And we mentioned that faith is not um, a, a system or a set of beliefs or tenets of a specific denomination. That's not the kind of faith we're talking about, it's not a theological position. Uh, it's not a group or a movement uh, you know, that's p- or a fad that's popular for a while and then it just kind of loses its momentum and, and wanes. Um, but if faith was a movement, it would be the longest running movement in the history of the world because God was uh, operating and living by faith before we were ever here. So um, we mentioned that faith is a lifestyle. It's the spirit of victory. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. That's the scripture we have out there on our sign. Uh, It's not just knowledge about faith. It's the, the spirit of faith in you. Let's say that together. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. One more time. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. It's the way that we face every situation, regardless of how we feel, or regardless of what we see. We are persuaded from God's Word, and we expect to have the victory and success in every situation. We expect to overcome. We mentioned that faith is the only way to please God, and faith is the only way to receive what God has already given us by His grace. We looked at what is the God kind of faith, and we saw in Hebrews 11.1, 1, we saw the definition of the God kind of faith, and from the various translations of Hebrews 11.1, 1, we saw that faith is being fully persuaded, it's being assured, it's being confident, it's conviction, it's trusting, and it's knowing. Faith faith or confidence in God, uh, if God says he will do it, then we can expect that to happen no matter what, because our faith is in a person. Our faith is in a person, and he is reliable, he is trustworthy, he is faithful who promised. We mentioned that being fully persuaded is, is the opposite of wavering back and forth. Uh, believing God one day, next day something negative happens and we pull back and we become discouraged and so forth. We've got to overcome this wavering um, in order to, uh, to walk by faith. Uh, you know, we start questioning maybe it's God's will, maybe it's not. Uh, somebody at church told me Maybe it's not God's will to heal me. Maybe uh, God's teaching me something through this. Uh, You know, these are all uh, things that cause us to waver. So we have to overcome this in order to be fully persuaded. And we talked about the cure for wavering is to take a promise of God that covers your situation and just begin to... Uh, revolve it in your mind. That's one of the meanings of the word meditate is to revolve it in your mind or speak it quietly to yourself and just uh, fix your eyes on it and and let God speak this verse to you, this promise over and over and over to you. Let, let yourself hear God say it to you over and over and take it personally. This is how we get convinced and fully persuaded about God's will for us. We looked at hope, Bible hope, is confident expectation and anticipation. Uh, We we hope for the things that are not seen and the things that are not yet. These are the two main areas where faith is required and involved. Uh, Things not seen and things not yet. So things that haven't happened yet that we're believing for, this is what we hope for. This is Bible hope, confident expectation and anticipation uh, according to the word of God. And it honors and it pleases God. When we say, I believe it, even though there's no physical evidence, there's nothing in the, in the natural, uh, you know, no evidence uh, that we have it or anything, but, but uh, for, for a believer to rise up and say, I believe your word, Lord. Uh, even when there's no evidence, there's, there's nothing to suggest, uh, you know, that this is going to happen or anything. This honors and pleases God. And it's showing respect to God and his word. And we saw that this is what Abraham did when he, he had no children. And he looked up at the stars in the sky and, and he said, God, I believe you. And, and it so impressed God that uh, the Bible says God credited it to him as righteousness. And he called Abraham his covenant friend. So, uh, you know, when you think of the billions of people on the planet that just don't give God the time of day, when, when, when one of us stand up and we say, God, I believe you, I don't have to see anything, I don't have to feel anything, uh, this, this, is, this is the God kind of faith. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So today we're going to talk about uh, where do we get the God kind of faith? Uh, so let's turn to Romans 12. Romans 12. And verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Uh, That phrase there where it says uh, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, I don't think most Christians have a problem with that. Most Christians or the other direction. They see themselves as worms, you know, and unworthy and uh, little, little worms on the earth just uh, crawling around begging, you know, uh, just trying to survive. Uh, th- so most, most Christians don't have a problem with thinking too highly of themselves. We, we need to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us, joint heirs with Jesus. Amen. made uh, uh, We're one with the Lord. We're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Uh, we've been made the righteousness of God, and we're right now we're seated with him in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. That's the way we need to see ourselves. So it goes on here to say, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we're talking about faith in God, not faith in people, not faith in ourselves. And when he says here, God has dealt uh, to every man, The measure of faith, this is not talking about every man and woman in the world. Uh, Faith in God, the God kind of faith, only resides in born-again people, people who have made Jesus the Lord of their life. Every born-again man and woman has been given the measure of faith. Now, God doesn't apportion to one person great faith and another person uh, medium faith and another person, small faith and another person, no faith. Uh, God has has dealt to man, to every man, the measure of faith. If I had a, a soup ladle up here and I was serving soup and you all came through the line, uh, and I served everybody with the same ladle, you would all have the same measure of soup. Yeah. Nobody would have more than any any other. But if I used If I used a ladle for one and a teaspoon for somebody else, then there'd be different measures. But if I'm using the same measure, the same ladle to serve everybody, everybody's going to get the same measure. And this is what God has done. Every born-again believer has the same measure of faith. Um, uh, So no one has greater faith than anybody else. But it's what we do with that measure that determines whether our faith grows or whether it gets weaker. And that's up to us. That's up to us. Uh, There's only one measure, and God has imparted that measure to every born-again child of God. We have raising from the dead power on the inside of us, and that is not something you will hear in most churches. You just will not hear that in most churches. It's contrary to what you hear in most churches. But we have the same uh, raising from the dead power. The, the Romans 8, 11 says, The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Amen. And so these are the things we need to meditate on. And not seeing ourselves as just human and just a worm uh, we're we're one third Holy Spirit, Amen. Mm-hmm. We're one third Holy Spirit, and, and and we don't need to be talking about. Well, we're just natural. We're not natural people. We're spiritual people, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's turn over. Uh, you might hold your place there around Romans. Um, let's go to Second Peter one. Second Peter one. Second Peter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice the, the phrase there, like precious faith. Underline that that phrase, like precious faith. In Strong's Concordance, it says the word like means equal of the same kind. Equal of the same kind. You have, I have, equal of the same kind of faith, identical faith, that Peter had that Jesus had, the apostles had, in the book of Acts. It says Peter's shadow healed people. He just walked past people and and people got healed. They just put people in his vicinity and they got healed. Uh, Turn over just a few pages to 1 John 4. 1 John 4. Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. It doesn't say as he is, so are we when we get to heaven. It says in this world, uh, we, we are like him. As he is, so are we in this world right now. 1 Corinthians 6 17 says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He that's joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So when we're born again, we become one with the Lord. And we, we receive all the forces uh, inside us, in our born again spirit, that reside in God. Now, they may not all be fully developed. And that's why we're here developing our faith. Amen. Because this measure we've been given, we've got to feed it. And we've got to, um, you know, nourish it. Yeah. Uh, because if we don't, it's going to get weaker. Yeah. And I'll talk about that as we go on here. Mm. But our, your spirit, man, is identical to Jesus. It's identical to Jesus. And this is what we've got to meditate and begin to focus on. We don't really have a lack of faith problem. We have a lack of knowledge problem because we haven't been taught properly from the word about what we already have. We haven't been taught about what we already have. Now faith can grow. Um, 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3. It's not far there. Second uh, Thessalonians, right before Timothy, I think, yeah. Second Thess- Thessalonians 1, verse 3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because your faith groweth exceedingly. So our faith can grow. It's supposed to grow. It's not normal for for our faith to just stay the same. Uh, Our our faith is to grow exceedingly. Many Christians today don't believe they have enough faith, so they ask God for more faith. Now, let's turn over to Luke 17. But as, as we begin to meditate on these scriptures... You know, that we are, we have like precious faith uh, as Peter. And our spirit is identical to Jesus. We begin to meditate on these things. uh, We'll see that we don't lack faith. We just need to uh, start nourishing the faith that we already have with good food. Here in Luke 17, we have an example of this in verse 5. And the apostle said unto the Lord... Increase our faith. Did Jesus say, Okay, come over here, I'll pray for you? (laughs) Did He say, Come over here, I'll lay my hands on you, and I'll pray that you'll have more faith? No, no, that's not the way, that's not the way you get more faith. He goes on in verse 6 If ye had uh, faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted into the sea, and it should obey you. Now other translations say, it would obey you. It would obey you. Or it will obey you. If you had faith, you would say, and it will obey. Amen? So one of the things Jesus uh, reveals here is that faith is voice activated. Faith is voice activated. We have to speak to the mountain. We have to speak to that sycamine tree. Uh, He said, if you have faith, you will say, uh, and it will obey. Amen. So it's not a lack of faith problem. It's a lack of knowledge problem. It's a lack of knowledge about how faith comes and how faith is released. Uh, so now let's go back to uh, Romans 10, there, where we were. Romans 10, uh, verse uh, 13 For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? They can't. They're not going to call on, nobody's going to call on him and whom they have not believed. People are not going to call on the Lord for salvation unless they believe something. And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? They can't. People can't believe on Jesus if they've never heard about Jesus. You can't separate believing from hearing. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, every believer, all of us here, we, we can share what the truth that we've learned with other people, and we should be able to do that. We should be able to, to share the truth that we've learned uh, and, and teach other people, uh, so to speak. Uh, but every born again person is not a preacher. Every born again person is not called to preach and to teach it from the pulpit as such. But every believer should be able to um, to share with others the truth that's helped us. This here, when it talks about uh, how should they hear without a preacher, this is talking about an anointed speaker, anointed, um, anointed. Person from the pulpit speaking. This is, this is what this uh, is talking about when it talks about a preacher. Romans uh, 10, verse 17. Anybody have that underlined in your Bible? <laughs> I think most of us probably do. Yeah. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's mention how faith does not come. I touched on it. Faith does not come by praying and asking God for more faith. Faith does not come by the laying on of hands. We can't just go to somebody that we believe has lots of faith and say, would you pray for me that I'll have more faith? That's not the way faith comes. This right here tells us how faith comes. Verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now this, the word, The word word here, that is talking about hearing the word. This word in the Greek is rhema. It's the spoken word. It's the spoken word. A spoken word made by the living voice. That's the word. Now, this is the logos. This is the written word. And this can also, this God's word is uh, anointed, the written word is anointed as well, it, it has the, the faith of God in it, but this right here is talking about the, the preached word, a living word, a word that's alive. Now in the King James Version, you'll often come across the word quicken, or uh, quickened. Uh, that's just an old English word that means to make alive, something that's alive. Um, In John 6.63, Jesus said, It is the spirit that quickeneth. That's the King James. It's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are alive. They're living. Amen? Now, here in verse 17, Uh, where it says, hearing by the word of God, the word God uh, here is the Greek word Christos, the Christ, the anointed one, the anointed word that is alive. That's what it's, verse 17 talking about. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Rama word of Christ. That's literally what it means. Christ is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word Messiah. So Jesus, Hebrew, is Messiah. Jesus, Greek, is Christ, the anointed one. So what kind of hearing results in believing? The anointed, spoken, word, a word of Christ. This is a kind of hearing that causes faith to come and results in believing. Now, not just any word that's preached results in faith and believing. Uh, Everything preached from the pulpit is not necessarily nourishing food. And I think we've all probably been there (laughs) more times than we care to think about. Some of it's junk food. You know? Some of it's spiritual junk food. What are examples of spiritual junk food? Religious traditions. Opinions of man. um, What else? Intellectual philosophy. Poems from the Reader's Digest. I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean... You know, you can go into some churches and you'll get a poem from the Reader's Digest. You know, this is spiritual junk food. Faith does not come from this. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. life experiences. Yeah, yeah. Some prophecies can be a way off. Yeah. Yeah. So, So just like your physical body cannot stay healthy on a, a diet of crisp and ice cream and candy bars, our spirit uh, cannot stay healthy on spiritual junk food. Uh, So, you know, if you go to the refrigerator and you take out some food that's been there for a while and you open it up and you smell it, and you think, mm, that's not, you know, I think that's gone off, or you, you know, you, uh, or if you ignore your nose, And you put it in your mouth anyway (laughs) now you got two physical senses telling you this food is bad and if I swallow this it's going to be harmful it may be immediately harmful or it may be later harmful but if I if I swallow this food it's going to hurt me so uh, You know, your physical senses start telling you, spit this out. Don't swallow it. Um, And and, um, the same way that your physical senses can tell you that this physical food is bad, your spiritual senses can tell you that what you are hearing is not good. It's not good spiritual food. It's not nourishing food. That these words that you're hearing are Not good words, they're bad words. And just like physical food's not good and it can harm you, there's spiritual food that can harm you. Uh And, uh, you know, all words from the pulpit don't produce faith. All words from friends and doctors and family. They may be sincere and well-meaning, but they are not words that produce faith. They may be words that produce doubt and unbelief and fear. So when you hear words through the preaching and teaching uh, or words of a doctor or any source that's contrary to the word of God, in the same way your nose and mouth tells you, spit this food out, your spirit will tell you, spit this food out, spit these words out. Don't swallow this. Don't swallow this in your mind. Don't allow this to come into your mind. And start thinking about these words. Spit them out. Amen? Because in the same way that bad physical food will hurt your physical body, these, these words of doubt and unbelief and fear and, and traditions and experiences of other people, they will harm your faith. They will harm your faith. When you hear doctrines of devils, like God is using sickness to teach you something, or we can't know the will of God, or God is getting glory from you being sick, or it may, uh, you know, it may be, maybe it's not God's will for you to have this, or maybe it is God's will for you to be sick and he's getting glory from it. These are doctrines of devils. And this is rotten food, and if you swallow it, it's going to damage and harm your faith. Now, um, let's go to uh, Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. And this is going to tell us how we can discern the good food from the bad food. In the same way uh, we have physical senses that tell us this food's gone off, it's rotten, don't eat it. We can train our spirit so that when we hear certain words uh, and doctrines and so forth, we can say, "Uh uh-uh, this is not good, I'm not swallowing this. Hebrews 5.14 says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, senses, this is our spiritual senses though, to discern both good and evil. The Phillips translation says, For anyone who continues to live on milk is obviously immature. He simply has not grown up. Solid food is only for the adult. That is, for the man who has developed by experience his power to discriminate between What is good and bad for him? The NIV says, But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use, constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Uh, Babies who have only ever had milk, the first time you put solid food in their mouth, they usually get a funny look on their face, don't they? <laughs> and they think, I don't know if I want this or not, you know? Well, sometimes the same's true. I'm standing up here, you know, and I and I say something, and you can see the look on some people's face, and they say, I don't know if I want to swallow this or not, you know. You can tell they've never never heard it before. Amen. But um you know, with, with some Christians, they're only used to spiritual milk or spiritual junk food and then they hear the solid food of God's word and, and sometimes they'll react the same way that a baby does. They're not used to it. But this verse here tells us that by practice, we can exercise our spiritual senses to discern spiritual food, spiritual food that nourishes us, and builds our faith. Uh, we can distinguish this from bad food, which harms our faith. Uh, how do you train your physical body? By exercise, by constantly uh, exercising certain muscles. This is how you build your, your physical uh, body, and, and by constant, constantly hearing the anointed spoken word this is how we build our faith. This is how faith comes and how it grows. And we train ourselves that when we hear something contrary to the word, our spirit is trained to reject it. Just like our physical body won't, we won't eat food that's gone rotten. Our spirit is, tr- we can train our spirit to reject everything that's contrary to the word of God, and we should. Uh, Brother Hagen used to say, we should be at least as smart as a cow, swallow the grass and spit out the weeds. You know, when you, when you, when you hear uh, preaching or teaching, you've got to discern the grass that you swallow and you've got to discern the weeds that you spit out and you don't swallow them. But the problem is there are, you know, a lot of Christians who can't discern between the good and the nourishing because they haven't through constant use but by not exposing themselves to the solid food of God's word they can't discern the good from the junk food and they just swallow everything they just swallow everything they hear they can't discern the grass from the weeds and they think well the preacher said it it must be true that's the way I grew up preacher said it you know, we, we we had we all had Bibles. We had a house full of Bibles, but we never took them to church and whatever the preacher said, well it must be true. Man, it's a miracle we, we lived to it's a miracle we lived to get out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a miracle we survived all that. Praise God. So um, Our spirit will witness about words of faith that build us up and and discern the difference between junk food and uh, spiritual food. So uh, when you hear anointed speaking and you believe it, faith comes. Uh, Verse 17 of Romans 10 there, uh, in the New English translation says, consequently faith comes from what is heard and what is heard comes through the preached word of Christ so that actually brings out the the rhema uh, Christos the rhema uh, Christos so how does faith come let's say this together faith comes by hearing hearing. and and hearing by the word of God amen So God's words heal, God's words restore, God's words deliver, God's words give life. So God has given us the measure of that kind of faith. And we're supposed to be using this measure and our words of faith to rule and reign here in this life. In order to live this way, faith has to come up in you. And that's what we're talking about here. Uh, how you get faith to come up in you that it's a, that's alive and we see it here in Romans 10:17 faith comes by hearing the rhema Christos, the anointed spoken word. Hallelujah. Amen. You know if you've been to a conference or a convention that lasts for several days and, We all have. We've been to believers' conventions or some kind of, uh, you know, conference like that after several days of just immersing yourself in the Word and you're not at home and you're not distracted and you don't have all this junk at home to deal with and you're just focused on the Word. When that meeting's over with, I mean, your faith is just like up here, you know, and that's not imaginary. It's, It's real it's uh it's not just emotion or or men, something mental uh and and when you're in that kind of atmosphere it's very difficult to to uh disbelieve god i mean you can believe god for anything you know um, so um this is this is what we're talking about uh everybody there and everybody there's experiencing the same thing and when you all come together like that man um uh, you know it's powerful. So we're thankful for Zoom meetings, you know, but that's why we come together here. We meet together is that we all bring our faith together and we're all experiencing the same thing. We're all hearing the same thing. We all bring our supply of faith because, uh, you know, I mean, it's good that we come expecting to receive because a lot of places people go to church they don't even go expecting to receive anything they just kinda of go in and plop down but also not only come to expect to receive but expect to encourage other people other people here need your faith they need your faith we're we're connected you know the you know like the physical body Paul said the hand can't say I don't need the ear and the eye and all that uh, mm-hmm. other people need your encouragement and they need your faith so so don't just come thinking kind of what do I need all the time, although we do expect to receive, but uh, if, you know, just know that, that everybody here needs your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And I do too, for sure. <laughs> Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That word, every word, is the same word in Romans 10:17, the rhema Christos, the Living Anointed Word. Jesus said, "This is what we are to live by." And so, when when we stay at home and we stay away from the Anointed Word that's preached, and we don't, you know, of course, we feed ourselves at home. We we require food every day, not just here, but. We all have to feed our faith every day, but praise God, we have anointed CDs and tapes and podcasts and all these things to, to feed our faith uh, every day because we eat physical food every day. We need spiritual food every day. But when we, when we don't feed our faith through the anointed spoken word, your faith will grow weaker and weaker. And the weaker your faith becomes, the bigger the problems appear. And it's not that the problems are so big, it's just that faith has gotten so weak and small that these little problems now look like a huge mountain, and they look insurmountable, and they look overwhelming. And it's not, it's not that the problem's so big, it's just that we need to get our faith up and increased. Amen, hallelujah. The stronger your faith becomes, the smaller the problem becomes. And the, the smaller the problem becomes, the bigger God becomes. The stronger your faith comes, the, the bigger God gets. Amen? And this little problem looks like, eh, you know, that's nothing for God. Amen? So instead of walking around hopeless and discouraged, we're supposed to get up and rise up and speak. Speak change into every situation. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Speak victory. So let's say this together I walk by by faith. I live by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I am, in faith, I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen.